Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. After Ohio State was able to knock off Northwestern in the Big Ten title game by a final score of 22-10, to all but securing themselves a spot in the college football playoff, we waited on Sunday at noon. We found out that Ohio State would indeed be included in this year's college football playoff. They get the three seed and the rematch that they were hoping for with Clemson. So a lot has gone on this past week, a lot to update you on. Um, within the Ohio State football program. So we've got all that to look forward to this week on Believe in Ohio State. Also give you my NFL picks for this coming week, go over what the Buckeyes in the National Football League did this past week. So all that as usual this week. We will not be talking with Jake Jarvis. Instead, we're going to talk with Jake next week. Is On next week's show, we're really going to preview this matchup against Clemson, going to give you all the need to know like we usually do in a game week. So instead of that this week, just going to tell you my overall thoughts on the Ohio State-Northwestern game, um, what I think about what I anticipate in this Clemson game for Ohio State in the college football playoff. Not really the nuts and bolts, just my general thoughts about the game. So that is what we're going to do this week on Believe in Ohio. State. But before we do any of that, as always, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because so much is going on right now. The NBA and college basketball both back, both in full swing right now. The NFL and college football playoff right around the corner. NFL playoffs right around the corner. College football playoff right around the corner. All these things going on right now. Plenty of bets to lock in. Um, Got to be thinking about so much right now, so much on the mind. I always love betting bowl season. We're in the thick of bowl season right now. There's something to do every single day with these bowl games on. Um, Opportunities to make money every single day. NFL, um, I mean, NFL going to be on Christmas Day this week, going to be on Saturday, going to be on Sunday. So, so many opportunities to make money right now between college football, the NFL, NFL playoffs, college football bowl games, college football playoffs. Uh, the NBA, 
men's basketball or NCAA basketball, I should say. So much going on right now. So make sure to get those bets in at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team props, player props, even coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online right now. They've always got their online casino that never closes. So make sure to head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. A lot of free money, a lot of promos out there right now on BetOnline with a sign-up, so make sure to hop on those right now. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So let's get right into it. Ohio State beats Northwestern in the Big Ten title game this past Saturday by a final score of 22-10. to 10. Um, Well, you guys probably weren't expecting the game to go the way that it did. I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be like that for as long as it happened, but Jake and I talked about it last week. We thought that things would be tricky in the first half for Ohio State and that they'd eventually iron it out. Well, they did exactly that, but they didn't iron it out in the way that we thought they would. We thought the passing offense would get going. We thought Justin Fields would figure it out with his wide receivers. We thought the Ohio State offense would be able to put up more points than they did in the second half. They had the opportunity, but they were unfortunately unable to take advantage of some turnovers in the second half, so they win the game in a relatively low-scoring fashion by a final score of 22-10. to but they won the game, and they did it without plenty of players. Of course, uh, a lot of COVID-19 issues going into the game again for Ohio State. They were without normal starters like Chris Olave at wide receiver, Baron Browning at linebacker, um, Marcus Hooker at safety. They were without their normal punter, Drew Chrisman. So a lot of guys missing there for Ohio State, and obviously uh, some of them were more important than others in that game. Uh, namely Chris Olave. The Buckeyes really missed him, and you could tell that Justin Fields missed him in the passing game. So there was a lot of good in that game for Ohio State, particularly where it came or when it came to the run, but there was also a lot of bad in that game, clearly, for Ohio State. Things to work on heading into this college football playoff matchup against Clemson. Ryan Day has already said that he trusts the Buckeyes going into this game. He doesn't want any other team in the country besides his Ohio State team going into this game against Clemson. But he's also said that the Buckeyes need to play their best game of the season to beat Clemson, which I think is fair. I don't think we have seen Ohio State play at their very best this season yet. The big question going in, will they have enough time and uh, will they really have enough to get to that level to beat Clemson? Because obviously Clemson, one of the best teams in the country year in and year out. But talking about this Ohio State-Northwestern game in the Big Ten title, 22-10 Ohio State win, I want to go over the good and the bad from that game. I want to talk about the bad first because I don't want to finish on the bad. I want to talk about the good next. But starting off with the bad. Obviously, in the first half, play calling was tough for Ohio State. The run was working, but for whatever reason, they just refused to consistently run the football and to commit to the run. They just kept trying to pass, and it wasn't working. The chemistry wasn't there. Uh, Julian Fleming filling in for Chris Olave. There were obviously some miscommunications with wide receivers, whether it was Fleming, whether it was Jamison Williams, that led to some interceptions for Justin Fields. But he didn't look good either. He looked uncomfortable throughout the game. And he's going to have to be much better if Ohio State wants to have a chance against Clemson because Ohio State cannot be one-dimensional and just run the football against Clemson because 
They have the players to stop Ohio State on defense. So Ohio State is going to have to be more dynamic if they want to have a chance in this game against Clemson. But the play calling I didn't really like in the first half, particularly for Ohio State. Uh, It wasn't moving the ball down the field. Even when it came to the passing, it was more lateral side-to-side passing. It felt like it wasn't really the usual Ohio State offense that we're used to where they're penetrating the defense, pushing the ball down the field in chunks. It it just wasn't that. It didn't feel comfortable. And there may be uh, plenty of reasons for that, namely Chris Olave being out. I think that was a, a major issue for Justin Fields in that game. He was missing a guy that he was comfortable with. And hopefully Chris Olave is going to be able to come back for that college football playoff game. Um, the Big Ten changing the rules for if you if you test positive for COVID-19, uh, rather than having to miss 21 days, sit out 21 days, they've moved it to 17 days. So that will potentially change things for Ohio State and potentially allow them to have some guys back for the college football playoff. Hopefully that means Chris Olave and guys like Baron Browning and Marcus Hooker can come back as well. But uh, enough about the play calling there, because Ohio State obviously did figure it out in the second half. But it was a little bit, um, a little bit concerning that they didn't commit to the run sooner than they did. They were running for eight yards per carry in the first half. Seemed like whoever was getting the ball, Master Teague or Trey Sermon, was gashing the Northwestern defense in the first half. And that's normally a Northwestern defense that's been great against the run this season. But Ryan Day said after the game that. He felt Ohio State had to try to pass early in that game to open things up for the run. Uh, I get the sentiment. Do I necessarily buy that? No, because it seemed like Ohio State was running the ball at will to start the game. And, I mean, whether or not the Ohio State pass was working, Northwestern still respected the pass clearly. Uh, That was where their focus was at, but that was a major issue for them because they could not stop the run and Trey Sermon whatsoever. But the good there, the Buckeyes finally decided to commit to the run. Late in the third quarter, I mean, I thought they were going to come out to start the second half and just run the ball, but they didn't. They committed to it late in the third quarter, but thank goodness they did when they did because uh, if they hadn't committed to the run in the third quarter, had they waited a little bit longer, I'm not sure we're talking about an Ohio State victory coming out of this Big Ten championship game, but it finally did work in the third quarter. Already talked about Justin Fields looking a little bit uncomfortable. The first drive, though, Ohio State comes out immediately getting the kickoff, and they drive right down the field. But Northwestern holds, forces a field goal, and I think that really kind of set Ohio State off kilter there because they were moving the ball easily. They were passing the ball easily on that opening drive, but they get stopped. Uh, Well, they initially scored the touchdown, but the penalty brings it back. Then Northwestern gets a little bit of life there. They force the field goal for Ohio State. So I think that kind of set the Buckeyes off kilter and made them feel uncomfortable for the rest of the game for whatever reason. But the chemistry with the wide receivers, I felt, got worse and worse throughout the game. Uh, Justin Fields hurts the thumb towards the end of the game, has trouble passing after that. Uh, Hopefully he's going to be healthy enough and better in time for this game against Clemson. But uh, obviously the passing has to improve, like I already talked about. Uh, The last thing I want to say that I didn't like from this game was... I mean, the defense really stepped up in the second half. They created turnovers, but the offense could not take advantage. They couldn't take advantage of the turnovers. Had they taken advantage of those turnovers, this game would have been put away a lot earlier than it was for Ohio State, and we really wouldn't be talking about a lot of the issues in this game for the Buckeyes. They would have scored their 40 points, and nobody would have blinked an eye, but they were unable to take advantage of those turnovers by Northwestern in the second half, and that's an issue for me because if you're going to play against Clemson, To have a chance, you're going to have to 
force a couple of turnovers, and you're going to have to take advantage of those turnovers. You can't force a turnover and march down the field and not score. You can't force a turnover, march down the field, and kick a field goal. You have to score touchdowns off those turnovers, and Ohio State was unable to do that against a team like Northwestern, uh, and that really makes me nervous for whether or not they're going to be able to do it against a team like Clemson, who is obviously much better than Northwestern is. But those are the bad things. Let's talk about the positives from that game. And there were quite a few. Despite only scoring 22 points, there were quite a few positives in that game for me, in particular the Ohio State defense. They stepped up again. They were great in that Michigan State game. They were great again after what was a little bit shaky of a first half. The defense really, really put its foot in the ground, stepped up in the second half, played really physical, didn't allow a point in the second half. Um, and that was because of a couple of guys in particular, I thought. Justin Hilliard at linebacker, sixth-year senior for Ohio State. He's battled so many injuries throughout his time at Ohio State. He had a fantastic game stepping in for Baron Browning, had the fumble recovery, had the key interception in the end zone. He was huge all game long for Ohio State. He was the defensive player of the game for the Buckeyes. So, so important. Uh, He stepped up in a big way, a guy that's been there before, a leader of this team, a leader of this defense, and he really showed why in uh, the biggest game of the season. So tip of the cap, hats off to Justin Hilliard. He was fantastic in that game for Ohio State, really setting the tone on defense. And another guy, Haskell Garrett. We've talked about this guy all season long. He was great again in that game, really, really forcing, uh, forcing things to be difficult on that offensive line of Northwestern, getting all sorts of penetration all over the field again. Haskell Garrett has stepped up this season. His draft stock has got to be really, really high right now after probably barely existing going into this season. So I love Haskell Garrett. I love his story. I love what he's done this season. Uh, And this guy, he should be rewarded towards the end of the season. This week, he was named a Pro Football Focus All-American, a first-team All-American after being snubbed In the All-Big Ten voting, he was named a third-team All-Big Ten selection. Probably should have been a first-teamer, but he was named third-team All-Big Ten. Well, Pro Football Focus knows what's up. They name him a first-team All-American, and hopefully some more of those recognitions are coming Haskell Garrett's way because he has been so great this season, and I felt like he set a tone uh, just like Justin Hilliard did in that second half for Ohio State. And I loved how physical the Ohio State defense was in that second half. They were really, really laying the hat in that second half, uh, putting the body on Northwestern, and they're going to need to play with an edge like that against Clemson if they want to have a chance in that game because they need to impose their will. They need to act like the underdog that they are in that game. They need to act like David going up against Goliath. I want to see Ohio State physical. I want to see Ohio State chippy, and I hope they started that in the second half of the Northwestern game. I want to see that carry over into Clemson because I loved that. Uh, Going back to the offense, uh, the one thing that we got to talk about on offense, obviously, is the running game and the work of the offensive line. The offensive line were maulers in that game against Northwestern, and they need to do that again against Clemson. They need to come together and have another performance like that. The chemistry, the communication, all of that obviously there with the offensive line right now, working as one extremely strong, cohesive unit. I want to see that again against Clemson, and I want to see Trey Sermon succeed against Clemson again. 
This guy hadn't really done anything all season for Ohio State. Finally had somewhat of a breakout performance in the game against Michigan State leading up to this contest against Northwestern. But the guy in the backfield all season long for the Buckeyes had been Master Teague. Looked like he got dinged up early in the first quarter there. We didn't see him for the rest of the game after that. But Trey Sermon stepped up in his place, sets an OSU rushing record, sets a Big Ten title game rushing record, and he also sets a record for all championship games in college football. Any championship game in college football, he has the most yards in. 29 carries. For an OSU record, a Big Ten title record, 331 yards and two touchdowns. Had 271 of those yards in the second half. The most rushing yards in any conference championship game in college football history. So congratulations to Trey Sermon, another guy whose draft stock was low going into this game. Really, really raised it. A physical runner. He was a guy that made yards after contact in this game. Trey Sermon was everything Ohio State needed him to be and more. The MVP of this game, he deserved it. A new Ohio State record, breaking Eddie George's record of 314 yards on the ground. 29 carries, 331 yards, and two touchdowns. Trey Sermon is the reason Ohio State was able to win this game, in addition to that offensive line of Ohio State. The offensive line paved the way. Trey Sermon made the extra yards when he needed to, got into the end zone, and that's why the Buckeyes ultimately were able to win this game. The one thing I would say is if the Buckeyes were willing to run the ball a little bit more in the first half, I got to wonder how many yards Sermon would have finished with then. Could he have finished over 400? Uh, I don't think it's uh, out of the realm of possibility. He was running all over Northwestern. That's a good run defense, so that bodes very, very well for Ohio State. Their offensive line feeling good, Trey Sermon feeling good, and uh, when you're feeling good, I feel confident in the Buckeyes going into this game against Clemson. So that does it for our conversation about the Big Ten Championship game. Overall thoughts on the game, good, not great. There are obviously a lot of areas to improve on, but those areas are areas that we're normally confident in Ohio State. So that's kind of a good thing because the areas that we didn't have a lot of confidence in the Buckeyes in going into this game against Northwestern, that's where they actually excelled. They excelled running the football. They excelled defensively. So with those things getting on track, I feel pretty good going into this game against Clemson. I just need the passing game in Justin Fields to show up against Clemson, and then I'm going to feel very, very good against the Tigers. So that will do it, like I said, uh, with our conversation about the Big Ten Championship game. Now let's talk about Buckeyes in the NFL. Four Buckeyes make the Pro Bowl this year. Joey Bosa makes his third Pro Bowl in five NFL seasons, so congratulations to him. Chase Young, the second overall pick for the Washington football team. He's really elevated his play in the last month or so. He makes his first Pro Bowl, so a big congratulations to Chase. Cameron Hayward of the Steelers elected to the Pro Bowl for the fourth consecutive season, so the highest paid lineman in Nash or the highest paid lineman in the NFL over the age of 30. Uh, he makes good on that contract, so congratulations to Hayward on his fourth consecutive Pro Bowl. And Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback for the Saints, selected to the Pro Bowl for the third time in four seasons. So all defenders from Ohio State making the Pro Bowl this season. Uh, and one thing I want to talk about as we're continuing with Buckeyes in the NFL, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, a lot has gone on this season for Dwayne Haskins. Obviously a first-round pick last year by the Washington football team. 
Uh, he's had an up-and-down NFL career so far. He struggled on the field, started as uh, the lead quarterback, the number one quarterback this season for Washington, got benched, finally got back into the lineup uh, as the starter this past week. And then, after the game on Sunday, it's not like he was great in that game. He almost was able to come back and beat the Seahawks, but couldn't quite finish uh, finish the deal and come away with a victory. Wasn't great in that game. Then after the game, pictures surface of him at a strip club with no mask. So Dwayne Haskins, I think he's probably done in Washington after that because he's already had issues with the coaching staff there. The coaching staff doesn't trust him. They don't think uh, he's grasped the offense well. They don't think that he he's really been dedicated there. And, I mean, this really shows it. So it, it sucks to see for Dwayne Haskins. But he's all over the place. You got to be smarter than that. I hate to see it out of Dwayne Haskins, and unfortunately, I don't know really where he goes from here. He he's a failed first round pick, and essentially, a season and a half, two seasons. Uh, he's going to have to prove himself somewhere. He's going to have to get an opportunity. Probably going to have to be a backup, work hard, and try and seize a starting job. But it doesn't seem like he's wanted to do that so far in his NFL career. And I mean. You're the starting quarterback. You've essentially been gifted back the starting quarterback job because Alex Smith was hurt. Your team's in the hunt still in the NFC. You're trying to make the playoffs. Um, Your coach just beat cancer earlier this season, so he's high risk. And then you go out to a strip club with no mask after the game, and you have pictures taken of you there. It's just a bad look for Dwayne Haskins. It's frankly dumb. I don't know what to expect from Dwayne Haskins anymore. I thought he was smarter than this. I thought he was better than this, but uh, uh, clearly not because it hasn't been very impressive so far from him early in his NFL career. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to harp on things too much because who knows what's going to happen with Dwayne Haskins. All I can say is that I hope him the uh, I hope him the best. I, I want to see him succeed in the NFL, and we'll leave it at that. So that does it for Buckeyes in the NFL. Time now for our NFL picks. Is This week it's going to be a little bit quicker of an episode of Believe in Ohio State because we're not breaking down the Clemson game altogether, remember. We're going to save that for next week, for game week. But right now it's time for our NFL picks. Uh, every week, in case you haven't done this with us before, every week we pick the Bengals, the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts because all those teams boast the most former Buckeyes now in the NFL And we also pick Sunday night football and Monday night football. So last week we finished off at 4-4. Unfortunately, unable to creep back towards 500 this season because we started this season red hot and we've gone a little bit cold since then. So now on the year, we're 50-53-1 overall. I'm not going to bore you and go over last week's picks. I'll just let you know that we were 4-4 last week. But here are our picks for this coming week in the National Football League. Eight picks, pick number one, Christmas Day. At 4.30, it's the Vikings and the Saints. My pick is going to be the Vikings plus seven. The Vikings season is pretty much over because the Bears beat them last week. The Vikings can't make the playoffs now, but I think they're going to fight against the Saints. Um, The Saints are coming off that loss against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. Uh, I think they're down a little bit. They're without Michael Thomas. Drew Brees didn't look great in that game. The Saints are going to win this game. They're obviously better than the Vikings, but I still think the Vikings are going to fight. They've got a a lot of weapons on offense. Um, They're a little bit banged up on defense, but without Michael Thomas, there's no true number one wide receiver on the Saints right now. So I like the Vikings to cover. My pick is the Vikings plus seven. 
Pick number two, Saturday at 1 Eastern. It's the Buccaneers at the Lions. Uh, plain and simple, my pick is going to be the Buccaneers minus eight. Uh, the Lions season is over. Kenny Galladay, his season's probably over. He's barely been able to play this year. It's been very clear how much he means to this offense. Matthew Stafford doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to without Kenny Galladay. Uh, all signs pointing to his season probably being over. They're just going to give him rest for the rest of the season. So I don't think the Lions really have any shot in this game. They have incentive to lose now for a better draft pick. So my pick, Saturday at 1 Eastern, is going to be the Bucks minus 8. Pick number 3, Saturday at 8.15 Eastern, the late game on Saturday, the day after Christmas. It's the Dolphins at the Raiders. My pick's going to be the Dolphins minus 2.5. Plain and simple, I think this defense is the real deal for the Dolphins. Uh, I think their offense has enough there to make things happen, and I don't think the Raiders are very good. Uh, we're not sure who's going to start at quarterback yet this week for Las Vegas, whether it's going to be Marcus Mariota, who looked pretty good coming in uh, for Derek Carr, who was hurt in that game last week, but Derek Carr might play as well. Either way, it's kind of a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. Derek Carr has been up and down this season. Marcus Mariota just trying to stay alive uh, in the National Football League right now, trying to revive his career a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think they're just better than the Raiders, so I like the Dolphins minus 2.5. Seems like a good bet to me. Pick number four, moving over to Sunday now. Sunday at 1 Eastern, the earlier games. Bengals at Texans. My pick is going to be the Texans minus nine. I know the Bengals are coming off of a huge, huge win Monday night against the Steelers. Uh, I think that was fluky. I, I don't see them backing it up. I think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be able to pick apart this defense of the Bengals. So my pick is the Texans minus nine. Pick number five, Sunday at 1 Eastern as well. The Colts and the Steelers. The Steelers are underdogs at home, one-and-a-half-point underdogs against Indy. My pick is going to be the Steelers plus one-and-a-half because I think these teams are really, really similar. They've both kind of got older quarterbacks uh, with some younger weapons on offense. Um, Indianapolis is a little bit more competent when it comes to running the ball. The Steelers have really struggled to run this season. Both teams have really nice defenses, but I like the Steelers at home. Uh, anytime a good team like Pittsburgh is a home dog, I got to roll with them. So my pick is going to be the Steelers bouncing back, the Steelers plus one and a half. Pick number six, Sunday at 4.05 Eastern, the Panthers at Washington. My pick is going to be the Panthers plus two and a half. We're not sure who's going to play at quarterback this week for Washington. I've said it all season long. I like the Panthers to cover. I think they stick around. Um, there's motivation in this game for Ron Rivera, obviously, because he's facing off against his old team. I just don't see it happening this week for Washington. I know they've kind of revived their season a little bit. They've looked better these past few weeks. But something's telling me the Panthers this week, so my pick is going to be the Panthers plus two and a half. Sunday night football, the Titans at the Packers. My pick is going to be the Titans in Green Bay, plus three and a half. I say that because the Packers' defense isn't very good. Um, obviously, the Titans have weapons outside and Corey Brown and A.J. Brown, um, or Corey Davis, excuse me, and A.J. Brown. Um, and they've got Derrick Henry, and I think Derrick Henry's going to have a day. I think he's going to have a night on Sunday night football. I think he's going to run all over this Packers defense. And I think Ryan Tannehill has been great. I think he is the guy for Tennessee. So I like the Titans. I think the Titans are running with some momentum right now. I think they're getting hot at the right time going into the playoffs. So I like the Titans to upset the Packers on Sunday night football, even though it's in Green Bay. I just think the discrepancies in the defenses 
are too much here. I think there are more weapons on the offense for Tennessee. So I like the Titans plus three and a half. Pick number eight, final pick of the week, Monday Night Football. It's the Bills at the Patriots. The Patriots season is done. They're eliminated from playoff contention, and the Bills are red hot right now. Uh, It's not going to be an easy game for Buffalo because I think Bill Belichick is really going to fight. It's a divisional matchup. I think his team is going to fight. I think the defense is going to play tough. But I like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is really coming into his own as an NFL quarterback. So my pick for Monday Night Football is the Bills minus seven. Um, One more time to go over our NFL picks this week. Pick number one, the Vikings plus seven. Pick two, the Buccaneers minus eight. Pick three, the Dolphins minus two and a half. Pick four, the Texans minus nine. Pick number five, the Steelers plus one and a half. Pick six, the Panthers plus two and a half. Pick seven, the Titans plus three and a half. And pick number eight, the Bills minus seven. So that does it with the NFL talk, as right now we will go around the Oval at Ohio State. The latest news uh, within the program for the Ohio State Buckeyes leading up to this matchup against number two, Clemson. In case you're unaware, it is the college football playoff. Number three, Ohio State versus the number two, Clemson Tigers. New Year's Day, January 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern time in the Sugar Bowl in Dallas. So a big-time matchup, a rematch of the college football playoff last year between Ohio State and Clemson. A very important game for Ohio State because they want payback after feeling like they were robbed of a victory last year, which quite frankly, there's an argument there. The referees were not good in that game, and they were not helpful to Ohio State whatsoever. But uh, we will go around the oval right now. First and foremost, let's talk about Dabo Swinney. You've probably heard about it, Every week, the coaches rank the top 25 teams, 1 through 25, and it's public knowledge. It's revealed where the coaches rank certain teams. Dabo Swinney, the head coach of the Clemson Tigers, has the Ohio State Buckeyes, and his coaches poll ranked at number 11 in the country. I mean, this guy's really insufferable, isn't he? We talked about he and Dan Mullen last week, complaining, complaining, complaining about Ohio State only playing six games on the season. I mean, give me a break. Putting Ohio State at 11th? Honestly? Like, come on. Dabo Swinney, he's petty. He is very, very petty. And the Ohio State faithful, the fans, do not like Dabo Swinney. Saw a poll on Twitter this week. Who do you hate more, Dabo Swinney or Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of your arch rival? 80% of the poll said Dabo Swinney. That's how much Ohio State dislikes Clemson and dislikes their head coach. Dabo Swinney is arrogant. He's petulant. Um... He's, frankly, the exact opposite of what I would want in a head coach, but that's what works for him, and that's what works for Clemson, but I think he provided the Buckeyes with some bulletin board material going into this matchup. Ranking them at number 11 is just a a complete and utter sign of disrespect. I mean, 11? Nick Saban had him at 5. Kirby Smart had him at 6. Still too low, in my opinion, but at least showing a little bit of respect there. But 11? got three lost teams ranked higher than that so that's just pretty ridiculous by Dabo Swinney very very petty um, and hopefully Ohio State uses that as a little further motivation I'm sure they don't need any more motivation but uh, I, I want them to use it because I think Dabo Swinney has said enough this season let's, let's leave it at that I think he has said enough this season um, I think he needs to be humbled a little bit and I would love to see the Ohio State Buckeyes do exactly that 
as it relates to the players at Ohio State. I already talked about Haskell Garrett being named a first-team All-American by Pro Football Focus, so big, big congratulations there. The only Buckeye to be awarded awarded uh, a first-team nomination by Pro Football Focus, so congratulations to Haskell. And then Josh Myers, the center for Ohio State, he's been named a finalist for the Remington Trophy, the best center in the nation, so Josh Myers certainly deserving of that. Probably going to be a first-round pick or, or a high second-round pick this year in the NFL draft. Certainly raising his stock with what he was able to do uh, with the rest of that offensive line in the game against Northwestern. So big congratulations to Josh Myers, named a Remington Trophy finalist, the best center in the country. And, and hopefully he's able to earn that award. Hopefully he's able to follow up on the excellent performance against Northwestern in this game against Clemson. So that's all but going to do it this week on Believe in Ohio State. My final thoughts on this game against Clemson um, before I bid you farewell this week. Like I said, next week we're really going to get into breaking things down uh, between Ohio State and Clemson. But what I want to say is is Ohio State, it, it's, a tough t- it's a tough task, it's a tall task next week against Clemson. Clemson is essentially a touchdown favorite going into this game against Ohio State. If you had to ask me right now, without really breaking down the matchups and everything, I would say Clemson's going to win this game against Ohio State. I think they're a better team. I think they, they've they been tried. I think they've been tested more this season. And it, it scares me that Ohio State hasn't looked their very best this season. We have yet to see it. Uh, we really don't know if we've seen it. And, and if we have seen it, it's clearly not good enough to beat Clemson. Ohio State has had a very weird season. Uh... It's taken a lot this season. Ryan Day talked about it after the Big Ten Championship game. It's taken a lot this season. They've had to be really focused, really disciplined. They've had to deal with a lot. They've had to deal with COVID in the program. They've had to deal with multiple canceled games this season, and that takes a mental toll. But finally, they have what they wanted. They have what they wanted going into this season. They wanted a rematch with Clemson. They've had the score of last year's game against Clemson up in the weight room, up on the practice field all season long, from the preseason until now. That was their goal this season. They wanted a rematch with Clemson, and they want to beat Clemson, and they finally got it. And even though I said I think Clemson wins this game right now, that's that's me saying that right now, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if Ohio State comes out with a victory, if Ohio State just comes out and looks their absolute best, because that's what the Buckeyes are capable of. Frequently, Ohio State has played down to the competition level of their opponent. We've seen that for years for Ohio State. The Buckeyes just skating by. But they've always been one of the best programs in the country. And they have the opportunity to prove it against Clemson. I think that if they're able to beat Clemson in the college football playoff this year, that will be a landmark victory for Ohio State. And that's why I don't put it past the Buckeyes whatsoever. I think they can win this game. Frankly, I know they can win this game. They don't have the talent that that they had last year, but Clemson is a different team too. They're a different opponent. They have a different offensive line. They have different weapons. They have different players on defense, just like Ohio State does. So I'm very, very interested to break down this game next week. I want to see where some vulnerabilities might be for Clemson. And while I say that right now I think Clemson beats Ohio State, I've said it all season long. I think Clemson is vulnerable this year. I've watched a lot of their games, and I think they're vulnerable, even though they beat Notre Dame the way they did. I've watched their games, and I think they're vulnerable. I think they're beatable. And I'm only down on Ohio State right now because of what I saw in that Northwestern game, because of what I saw from Justin Fields. 
But if Chris Olave is available for this game against Clemson, that changes a lot for me. Clemson has to worry about a lot of weapons on that Ohio State offense now. They have to worry about essentially two number one wide receivers between Olave and Garrett Wilson. That stresses the cornerbacks. They have to worry about good men in the slot. They have to worry about good men outside, all those freshman wide receivers. They have to worry about two good running backs in Master Teague and Trey Sermon. They have to worry about two good tight ends in Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert. They have to worry about one of the best college football players Ohio State's ever seen in Justin Fields. So there's a lot there. There is a lot to break down next week. There's a lot to break down next week, and I'm very excited to do it. But I think Ohio State is going to come together. I think that because this is what they've waited for, because this really was their goal this season, they're going to be as focused as they have been all year. They have a couple weeks to prepare for this game. They're going to be as well-prepared as they have been all season long going into this game. Ohio State has one goal in mind, and that's to shut up Dabo Swinney, that's to shut up everybody that doubts them, and that's to beat Clemson. It's finally to get that Clemson monkey off their back. So that's a lot of motivation, and it's, it's a lot of pressure for Clemson as well. Clemson wants to make it back to the national championship game with Trevor Lawrence. One final go with Trevor Lawrence. That was their goal coming into this season. They want to get back into the national championship game. They want to win the national championship one more time for Trevor Lawrence. So that's a lot of pressure there. So there are a lot of variables going into this game between these two teams. I think it's going to be an excellent, excellent game. I think Ohio State's going to cover no matter what. I think it's going to be close. But right now, I would say I think Clemson's going to win the game. But that might change when we break thing, when we break things down next week. That might change. Very well could change because my whole mentality about the game might change because I'm starting to lean more and more towards Ohio State as the week goes on. Starting to lean more and more towards the Buckeyes. That video uh, from the locker room at the Big Ten title game leaked of Ryan Day saying that, you know, this team is going to make it to the national championship and beat Alabama. This is what they've prepared for, all that sort of stuff. And that fires you up. I mean, it fires you up good. And like I said, I think Ohio State is going to be ready. I think they are going to be locked in. I don't see any laziness, any lackadaisical performance from Ohio State going into this game against Clemson. They are going to be ready, and this is going to be one of the best college football games of the season. I I have faith in that. I, I would put money on that. I think this is going to be an excellent game, and I cannot wait. So that's going to do it for this week of Believe in Ohio State. Enjoy bowl season ahead of the New Year's Six, ahead of the college football playoff. Enjoy bowl season. Make a little money at Bet Online, And we're going to talk next week. I'm very, very excited to talk to you guys next week, to talk to Jake Jarvis next week, to truly get down to the nitty-gritty and break down every aspect we can of this matchup between number three Ohio State and number two Clemson could very well be the game of the year and i cannot wait for it so a big thank you for joining me this week on believe in ohio state and i will talk to you this time next week whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style and you'll find the best mattress for you at ashley the new temper adapt collection at ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body conforming technology making every sleep tailored to be your best the collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.